Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Military families are not like your traditional family. They are strong, brave, resilient, and some of the most incredible people I know. My name is Gracie, a U.S. Army brat, and I am your host. I am honored to be able to give military family members like myself a place for them to share their stories and experiences in the military life. Stay tuned for this week's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Grace of a Military Child in Life. Today, I'm super excited to be here with fellow podcasters, Chloe and Juliana, and they're both military brats. So welcome to the podcast, you both. How's it going? It's good. 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 Yeah. So either one of you can uh, can go first, but tell me a little bit about, you know, growing up as a military child. Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, for me, growing up as a military child, I, so my biological dad was also in the army like you or like your dad. And um, my parents got a divorce when I was pretty young. And then that's when I had met my stepdad. And for me, I kind of consider that to be like the start of my military brat journey. Um, we were first stationed in Beaufort, South Carolina. And that was a really great place. I think I really liked it a lot. Um, I remember like always going down to the waterfront at Beaufort, South Carolina, and like just doing lots of little things in downtown Beaufort. Um, Yeah. And it was great. I loved it so much. Yeah. You kind of joined it a little later in the lifestyle too, which I'm sure that was a culture shock. It was. Yeah. I think the big thing for me was kind of just like moving around like because I wasn't really used to that at all. And then um, so kind of just moving around, having to make friends all the time and then like leaving those friends. I think that was probably like my hardest transition was like learning how to do that. And I kind of feel like I really started to pull away from like making friends. Like when I knew that I was about to move, I felt like I really kind of withdrew myself knowing that I was going to like eventually leave. So that was a super hard transition for me. Um, But yeah. Yeah. I think so many military kids, you know, feel that same way of, all right, well, we're going to be moving again. Like it's no, there's no reason to make new friends or to really uh, be involved with you know, the school I'm at or the clubs I'm in. Totally like that. Just kind of like not really wanting to like be so involved in that community. Right. Because for me, I think the hardest thing was knowing that everyone else around me has grown up with those same people's same people for their entire life. And me kind of just being the new kid and be like, oh, well, I'm going to move in the next two or three years anyways. So what's the point for me to kind of like really want to make those friends? And I've always kind of been very extroverted and like outgoing and things like that. So it was a little bit easier for me to make the friends, but it was just challenging for me to hold them long-term. Like they were very much short-term friends and things like that. So after Beaufort, South Carolina, I had moved to Oceanside and Oceanside, California was my favorite place ever like that's where I want to end up like I want to move there like sometime soon but it's just so expensive (laughs) it is really expensive it's gorgeous I've heard but very expensive it is absolutely gorgeous and I believe Chloe lived there as well didn't you Chloe yeah I did I did my when I was I want to say elementary school and then my senior year of high school oh wow 
Yeah. That's fun to go back. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really weird for me because I was in a yearbook with these kids in like elementary school. And then I come back senior year and they're like, aren't you in my yearbook? I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> surprise I'm back again yeah, I'm like back again yeah what was it like for you growing up in the military life Chloe oh, oh my god it was very challenging uh similar to Juliana my parents did divorce but before that my mom and my biological dad they did meet in the Marine Corps so I'm like a dual Marine Corps brat and then they got divorced when I was fairly young and then my mom remarried Another Marine. So she has a type, clearly. She just, kept going back. <laughs> she just kept going back to the Marines. So it was very challenging. And I think it's all I ever, I've ever known. So I went from like moving from state to state back to the same states because the Marine Corps doesn't have the best bases. Right. So. <laughs> but um, like Juliana, um, making friends was very easy, but challenging just to like keep and retain them, especially at such a young age. I found it very difficult to like still keep in contact oh my God, keep in contact with them. Um, So I kind of just gave up. And that was up until high school when I met Juliana that I was like, oh my God, my first like actual friend. Because I'm always super like sub, like it's like barely like getting anywhere. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what the right phrase is for that. I don't want to. Like flatline. Yeah. I don't want to get deeper with anybody because I just, I knew it was coming sooner or later, like two to three years. It's not that long. And then by the time you already know you're going to move, it's just like checked out. I've only been there for a year. I'm already going to leave in another year. So what's the point? So yeah, that was, that was my childhood. (laughs) Yeah. And most of the time, you know, with friendships on a military base or in a military community, you might not be the one moving, but they might be the one moving. And so I remember when I first got to Texas, it was in the middle of my fourth grade year. I literally went back, went to that school the day after Christmas break. and so you know, I'm starting to make all these friends and the way that they did it. I don't know if every school like military-based school has it, but they had a program where you'd automatically be matched with another student in your, in your class, like the same gender as you. So like I got matched with a girl and, you know, her and I became best friends, you know, from it. And, you know, she would sit next to me at lunch. You know, she was kind of like my assigned friend, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I start making friends in my class. And again, I only had half a year. So it was not very long before my, you know, one of the girls I grew really close to, she was like, yep, I'm moving. And so that was like the very first shock of, I just moved here. Everyone else moves. Like you're all moving. Like what? And I was a reserve family. So we didn't get that very often. You know, we stayed uh, pretty centralized to, you know, Cleveland, Ohio. Our unit was out of Twinsburg. So like 45 minutes away. So we, we didn't move. This was our first move. And it's like, okay, I moved here and now you're moving away. Like, how does this? And then, you know, my first friend I met there moved away a year later. My next friend, you know, she moved away. And so it's it's that very transient lifestyle of, okay, you might not be the one moving, but your friends might be the one moving. Yeah, I've never really thought about yeah, that no, perspective at all. So that's so interesting to hear because... I've always, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm so egotistical, but I've always (laughs) kind of really just thought about it as in myself, like, oh, 
I'm moving, like those people probably don't even care. Like I'm sure I haven't made that big of an impact for them to actually like feel a loss for me moving. So that's really interesting to hear like you say that and like hear your perspective on that for the friends that have moved away from you. Yeah. You know, that was really the tough thing. And, you know, I was, gosh, nine when that happened and I'm 21 now. So it was like, there wasn't much technology around that time period. You know, social media was just becoming a thing. I think Instagram first was introduced in 2012. Like, you know, there wasn't much way to stay connected with people. And so I think what I realized at least was your friendships really got tested through that and the strength of them. And if, you know, when I got Instagram, was 18 when I got on Instagram. And so going back and seeing, oh, I recognize this name, like, let me friend them, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, rebuilding that relationship. And it's like that relationship never ended because you just pick back up where you left off. Yeah. That's so interesting. I agree. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like I've kind of had a similar experience to that when I first got like um, my social media, like on Instagram as well. I like found a whole bunch of people that I went to like elementary and middle school with when I lived in South Carolina. And so I haven't like really had any like conversations with them, but sometimes like when I do see them like pop up on my feed, I think it's so interesting to like see where they're at in life and see what they're doing and how far they've come along and things like that. Yeah, there are some that I've just, you know, friended and followed and haven't, you know, built that relationship like again. But, you know, it's still it's still somewhat there because, you know, your friends on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, but, you know, those people that, you know, you do rebuild that connection with. It's it's insane. It's one of the the craziest things and hardest things to explain ever. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. What were you going to say, Chloe? Oh, my God. I don't even remember. (laughs) I mean, like now when I look back and just thinking about this conversation, I'm like, gosh, we are so old. Like when you like think about like rekindling friendships with people we were friends with when we were in elementary school, I'm like, where did the time go? Like, I know. Like, I think you graduated too, right, Gracie? Yeah, I graduated early. So I was a year. I was I graduated a year early. So I'm in my master's now. Oh, but, oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, so we're all like graduate like about to graduate. Juliana's about to graduate, but it's just crazy yeah. to see where the time goes. Um, but I agree. I love rekindling with like old friends and just seeing like where they're at. I'm like, oh, that happened to you. That's interesting. You're doing that. Okay. I just feel mm-hmm. like it's just interesting to like look from like an outer perspective on what other people are doing. Yeah. I- it's interesting to see how many people have actually joined the military afterwards too. <laughs> yes. Like, did you did it, like did you think they were gonna join in high school? That, that's always my thought with Julian. Like, I could have never guessed that person would have joined just based off of, of like their personality and like their mannerisms in high school. I would have never guessed. Yeah. yeah, and for me, a lot of the people that you know, my military friends, I hadn't seen six since sixth grade because my dad mm-hmm. retired right after that and we moved, and so I hadn't seen a lot of them since sixth grade. So it was like a way far back thought of, oh, college and adulthood is coming up in six years. Like, what are we going to do? Um, you know, we would all joke around of, oh, we're going to be, you know, a pop singer or, you know, <laughs> all those sorts of things. Um, but you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, like almost 
there are so many people I could go through and be like, I would have never thought you would have joined the military and here you are or um, participating in college ROTC. And I know people who have gone to West Point and the Air Force Academy. And it's it's really incredible to see. Um, But I also think, you know, as military children, um, you have polar opposites. Mainly you have people who love the military, want to do everything they can to stay involved in it. Um, Mm -hmm. even if that doesn't necessarily mean joining because while it's in the back of my head to join still like very, very back, like, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, but you know, I still want everything to do with the lifestyle. I still want to be involved. And then you have the kids who are like, I'm done with this. Like, you know, my time period of, you know, a year or, you know, even 18 years of this, like I'm, I'm over it. Like I want nothing to do with it. And so you can really see that. Uh, reflection on the kids. That is so interesting because for me and Chloe, both of our siblings went into the military and then we were kind of the ones that were like, oh, no, thank you. And it's not because we don't want anything to do with the military. I just think for us joining the military wasn't really in the cards. Yeah. Um, But I definitely like, I do love the military lifestyle and the culture of it. And I think it's easier for me to connect with people who are affiliated with the military. Like it's always automatically like I have something to talk to you about. Like this is so amazing. Because sometimes it's hard to, you know, all going to college, you know, it's hard to just walk into a classroom with, you know, 20 plus other students and form a relationship with the student sitting next to you or, you know, sitting two rows behind you or whatever. Group projects are the worst. (laughs) And so when you don't have that bond, but with military kids, like we're able to, you know, not know a thing about it, each other, and then have a super long, meaningful conversation with each other, just Mm -hmm. based on the understanding of military life. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like the the military world kind of just makes it so much smaller because I've met people like just thinking about my high school that I went to, I had I went to two high schools. I went to Oceanside High School for my freshman year, and then I graduated from 29 Palms High School. And I've had people um, move to 29 Palms High School from like Okinawa, Japan, and they've had like the same friends that I had when I went to Oceanside High School. So it's always just so interesting to see how like the entire military world kind of just like intertwines and like intermingles and things like that. Smaller than you think it is. It really is, especially with the Marine Corps. It's so small. And then um, just because it's such a small branch, but then, you know, even when on the Army side, it's such a small community and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you did this. Well, I did that. And, you know, the way it brings you guys together, it's it's incredible. And you have that understanding. So it's so much easier to to friend people. And, you know, you have the. The understanding of oh you went through a deployment oh I went through a deployment too like the it taught you this lesson and made you yeah. uh who you are and things like that it's just really incredible to see yeah that's why me and Juliana got so close <laughs> we, grew up, we grew up very similar to like even prior to the military to start parent situations everything just kind of aligned when we met and it was just like this happened to you this happened to me oh, you you do this? Oh, my parents do that. It's just very like, same, same thing. Yeah. 
And once you have somebody that you can relate to, you know, on the military aspect, but then also not on the military aspects, like you both said, your parents have been through divorce, like Mm -hmm. that just makes it so much easier to connect with people. And, you know, you wouldn't have met if it weren't for the military lifestyle. And even as crazy as that sounds, you know, it's such a joy to be able to form those relationships and to have lifelong friends, even if you live, you know, worlds apart because the Mm -hmm. military takes you somewhere else. I know. Yeah. I think that was like the one thing that me and Chloe kind of had to like learn is like how to continue our friendship long distance. And I think we had to learn that at a pretty early age because in high school, um, honestly, we were only friends for like two years before you moved. Right. A year. And, you know, high schoolers, we got into like this stupid fight and we didn't talk for a whole year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, yeah. Literally. And then I moved. So I, we were in 29 Palms. I guess, should we talk about how we met really quick? Maybe that'll make yeah. more sense. Go for um, it. We were, both, <laughs> we were both brand new um, to 29 Palms. It was our sophomore year. It was like the last period of the day. And I like look back and she's right behind me in biology. And I'm like, I don't even know what I said to you. Like, hi, you're pretty. I don't know. I think you complimented <laughs> my outfit. Because, you know, the first day of school, you have to get like your nice outfit on. You're yes. trying to like show everyone and everything. So she like turned around. And she was like, I really like your romper. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and like after that, it was like an instant connection. Like. I think we like exchanged phone numbers and then like me and Chloe were talking about like automatically doing sleepovers and like all of these crazy plans and things like that. And then after that, we were like pretty much inseparable. Yeah, we have them. We had our fights. Until we had our (laughs) fights. And then I moved um, our senior year to Oceanside area. And then we didn't really talk throughout that year just because of just like distance and everything. And then she decided to go to school way up in Washington and I just went to Northern California. So that was like a whole nother adjustment, but I definitely think our upbringing helped us manage our relationship. Now, I don't think if we didn't grow up the way we did, we would have been able to like maintain our relationship, a long distance relationship, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I also think it's probably because you know, in college, like it's, it's hard to find like your group of people in college sometimes, especially for me, like being a military kid, like having to explain like my childhood and my upbringing be like, oh, well, I moved from here, here and there. I'm not really from one specific place and da, 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 da. Like, I feel like I have to give them my entire life story for them to like understand even just a little bit. So I feel like that kind of really like pushed me to like reach out to Chloe again and be like, dude, I need you. so much. I can't do it. Like, I need you with me. Yeah, it's that awkward, you know, everyone has that introduction discussion post for their classes. And it's where are you from? Or tell us a fun fact about yourself. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really from anywhere. Like Mm -hmm. I was born in Cleveland. And then I spent a few years in Texas. And then I've spent the rest of my life in Florida. Like, what do you want me to say? And then when it's like, tell us something about yourself or fun fact, I'm like, I'm a military child. Like, is that a fun fact about myself? (laughs) Literally. I feel like that was like always my go-to. I'm like, I'll just throw that in there. Yeah. You have to, because it doesn't make sense. If like they ask that, it's always that question, like fun fact and where are you from? And it's just like, I'm not from anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make sense if you don't say why. Literally. Because yeah. everyone would just think you just pick up and move every few years. And yeah. really, the only explanation to that is military life because civilian yeah. families do not tend to do that mm-hmm. um, very frequently. So you have to give an explanation. And it's the most tiring thing to do sometimes. But it's like you just have to copy paste. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> yeah. That's like a way to say that. <laughs> yeah. Because then you'll get, you know, weird looks from walking in the class and it's like, oh, you're the the one who's moved everywhere. And, you know, mm-hmm. even for those who lived overseas, like, oh, she's the one who lived in, you know, Germany or Japan or like, yeah. why? And then you'll start getting questions asked or weird stares and not happening. <laughs> exactly. I know. It's like you always just like, I feel like even if you give like a little bit of information, there's always like a hundred million reasons for, or a hundred million questions as to why it's like, okay, that's so interesting, but tell me more. And it's like, I, I that was like my last piece of information I really wanted to give you. Like, I don't <laughs> want to go down that entire thing. Let's leave it at that. Cause it's never ending. It's just never ending. Yeah. And college students are such a different breed and it's hard to you have the ones who are there to learn and you have the ones that are there to sleep and you have the ones that are just, you know, coasting along and it's really hard to yeah. to fit into that, that atmosphere. It's really hard. I, it's especially hard because I feel like there is such a stereotype for like military kids, hence like the military brats. Like I really feel like a lot of civilians really think that like the military gets handed pretty much everything and that we yes. we come from money I feel like that's a huge misconception but it's like I don't really come from money like I really have to work for what I'm doing right now like my parents aren't gonna just fork it out and they're not gonna give me their entire GI bill to pay for my entire school I have other siblings that also need help to pay for college and things like that so I also have to work for what I'm doing and things like that oh that's a good one I agree that was that was my challenge too in college I feel like all the comments that people would say to me I'm like huh I'm like where are you getting your information Wikipedia like come on now that's not (laughs) (laughs) that's not a reliable source that is inaccurate my friend but I know there's so much false information out there of what you know military childhood is like what you know we quote unquote get handed what we have to work for what we don't have to work for and it's so frustrating to you know stepped into that adult uh world where you're trying to make a name for yourself where Mm -hmm. you know living on a military base it's you are representing your parent who is in the service like you if you step out of line then they're going to hear about it and they're going to get in trouble for it and so you have all of those standards to uphold and then you're out on your own and it's like okay well I have to make a name for myself but the really only name I have for myself is that I'm a military child. Mm-hmm. So like, how do I use that, but then also make something for myself? And it's the most complicated thing to do. Yes, it is. It's like, th- it's pretty inescapable, I feel like. Like yeah. you will always have that like name with you forever. And it's more of like intertwining your own identity with that and building yourself up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I was just going to say, it's like the Marine Corps saying, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Marines are popular for it, but every other branch, you know, once a soldier, always a soldier. It's once a military brat, always a military brat. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. You never can escape the lifestyle. You're always going to be somewhat connected to it in any way. Um, and it's really hard to explain that to other people and for other people to understand what that's like and mm-hmm. yeah. for other people to understand that and accept you for that. I yeah. think the hardest thing for me and Juliana, we talk about this all the time, is because it is so rooted in us, the military lifestyle, because we are still pretty fresh out of it. Um, we graduated in 2019. We lived our whole lives moving and doing whatever the military told us to do. Yeah. So I think now we both have that urge to like, let's move, let's run, let's like do all this stuff. And we, t- she told me the other day, she's like, I think we just have to realize like, we're not in that lifestyle anymore. Yeah. Like, we don't have to do that. So it, I don't know. I think that's just the biggest adjustment for me right now is like, yeah, don't do it because I have, just do it because I want to, not because I have to. Yeah, I agree with that because honestly, like I've been here in Bellingham for a little over four years now and I am like itching to leave. And it's not because (laughs) like I like Bellingham or anything like that. Like it's a beautiful place. I have great friends here, but I just get that itch. That's like, I want to go somewhere else. I'm ready to go see something else. And I think that's just a really big habit that I not necessarily need to break, but something that I need to adjust to knowing that like what Chloe said, like, I don't have to do it right now. If I want to, I definitely can, but it's not a necessity. I don't have to do it. Yeah, for sure. And it's that, you know, that itch you get every few years to move or, um, you know, those those feelings that you would get in the military life that you still get they still happen because you're just so used to being like all right it's time to do this again it's time you know another deployment should be coming up like what are we going to do now like you don't have to deal with that stuff anymore and I really think that's one big reason why so many military kids either end up joining the military themselves because it's the only lifestyle that they know Mm -hmm. or one reason that a lot of people are just drawn to you know marry a service member because Mm -hmm. you know a lot of I like I said I you know would love to but I don't think it's going to happen you know I don't think it's in my cards for me to join the military but it's like I would love to marry into that lifestyle and still be part of it because you know it's what I know and even though I didn't get the full experience of it like I have such admiration for the lifestyle that it's hard to let it go even You know, my dad retired in 2014, so almost a decade ago. And so it's still hard to to fully let go of that lifestyle. It's like a it's like a it's like comfortable. It is. It's very comfortable and easy to like get back into it, I want to say. Yeah. I also think it's it's like your mindset where it's like you already understand the lifestyle. Right. So it's like if I can be someone's support system with that and let them know, like, I understand exactly what you're going through. And like, I can help you through it and I will be there to like support you. And I've experienced this before and I can do it again and I want to do it again. And I think that's the draw that some people do have to like wanting, wanting to be a spouse or a military spouse. Yeah, I think that's so true. It's really, you know, mind blowing to see how, how impactful that this life can have on you throughout, you know, the rest of your life, even though you were a child in it. Mm-hmm. 
I I don't think I could ever marry someone in the military. I think <laughs> a strong person. I no, I said me. I don't think I could. <laughs> it, I it takes I a certain type of person. I mean, don't get me wrong, a guy in a uniform would count me in. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it takes a certain type of person and it's really that like, okay. I did this for, you know, my entire childhood. Like, I don't think I could do this again. Or, you know, I did this for my entire childhood and I want to do this again. Or um, it's that thing too of, you know, do you want to raise your kids like that? You know what it was yeah. like growing up in that lifestyle? Like, it was hard. Yeah. what would it be like raising kids for it? I and- also... Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to say for me, like, I loved going to school on a military base. Like, I loved every second of it. Like, I would die for my kids to have that experience again. Yeah. What, what, um, how old were you when you went to school on a military base? I was there for fourth grade. So I was nine all the way up until my, through my, out my sixth grade year. So nine to 12. And then, um, when I lived in Ohio for the first, you know, kind of half of my life, I went to a public school there and then I went to a military school and then I did online and virtual school all throughout the rest of middle school and high school. So I was prepared for COVID when everything went online. <laughs> I was very well prepared. Yeah, I bet that probably felt amazing that you're kind of like, oh, I'm used to this. This is like not a change really for me. <laughs> exactly. And I was already, I was dual enrolled. So I was taking college classes and it just, it was, it was such a good transition. I bet. Yeah. So, but, oh, sorry. I was just going to oh, say, go ahead. I had asked that question just because I also went to school on a military base, yeah. which I felt like my experience was not normal. I feel like, cause I went to school, I went to middle school on a military base. So I went from sixth to eighth grade and like, um, I went to North Terrace elementary school and I was like their first cohort to like for them to implement sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So I was like their oh, first wow. class to like graduate from their middle school. And it was a K through eight school. So they just like had added the middle school to like the back. We were like in the little portables and things like that. <laughs> and it was great. Like I loved it. Like I would always just like walk to school since it was like right in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and it was great just being surrounded by like all the military kids and knowing that they have the same experience as me. Yeah, I think it's definitely so much easier to just make friends through that and, you know, finding that that understanding of the lifestyle and my middle school. So when I went to sixth grade, it was in our neighborhood. So I could just walk to school. Um, my parents would either walk with me and go on a morning walk or they would drive me because it was just it was sometimes just so much easier to drive. Um, but yeah, and that was a six. They had sixth through 12th grade there. So it was six different grade levels, you know, all in the same building. And it was, it was insane to be at the same school as high schoolers. Like when I went to drama club, drama club was at the high school. So I was in the (laughs) high school building doing drama club. So there was a lot of differences that I come here to Florida and I'm like, oh, there's, you know, one huge middle school that is bigger than the middle and high school combined mm-hmm. oh wow yeah it's definitely a transition oh I can bet <laughs> yeah 
But I think, you know, everything has its ups and downs. There's pluses and minuses to everything, you know, military life, civilian life, everything in general. There's definitely pluses and minuses. Yeah, I agree. I I think the one thing that I really miss or not miss because I've never experienced it, but the one thing that I wish I could experience, I should say, is the fact that I never got to like grow up with like just one person like I have so many friends that are like oh like I've been friends with this person since I was born like right. we were born in the same hospital our friends or our family were friends and like then we kind of always just been like literally lifelong friends and I think that's the one thing that I'm just like I wish I had like someone that I can be like we went to kindergarten with like and then we've been friends ever since but I don't have that experience. So it's not in our cards. It's not in our cards. Exactly. (laughs) No, I think a lot of military kids have that same feeling. And, you know, I mean, it's going to make us sound old, but, you know, when we went to kindergarten, there weren't phones. Like that wasn't Mm -hmm. a thing. And, you know, Google hadn't even, I think Google had came around the year I was in kindergarten or first grade or not Google. I mean, YouTube. But still, you know, like I think there's just the way that technology has evolved. I think a lot of military kids now will have a different say on that because they'll be like, oh, I could FaceTime with my friend from kindergarten, you know, three years later still. And for us, we couldn't do that. You know, I don't think Skype was even around. FaceTime was not a thing. Yeah, I agree. Kids have it easier nowadays. We do. We had letters. We had letters. Literally. I do remember like, I think it was maybe in like second grade. I would like use my house phone to like call my like little friends and I'll like sit on the counter. But that was like the only communication (laughs) I would get to have. That was like on the weekends. And that was like a special treatment. Like you get one phone call this weekend. You can call anyone you want. (laughs) That's really funny. Yeah. So I think I definitely think kids have it a little easier nowadays. I think there's still going to be the challenges that they face, but communication and technology, even being able to communicate with, you know, a parent who is deployed is so much easier now. Um, Obviously, that depends on where, you know, where they're at and what what their specific job is. But um, you know, you can easily just keep in contact by like FaceTiming them every once in a yeah. while, or you can send text messages. Uh, I remember when my dad was deployed, my mom really only communicated with him through email. Like, and I was nine, I didn't know what an email was or how to use it. So, you know, that wasn't yeah. something a nine year old did. So, it's definitely, definitely times are changing. Oh, for sure. Uh, my little brother, he is deploying in the new year and he's going to be on a ship but he's like I can just Facebook message you I'm like oh that easy okay (laughs) yeah for (laughs) real and I mean a lot of that will depend on you know hopefully the wi-fi is decent (laughs) I've heard people on ships where the wi-fi is not the best but you know on those days where it's like okay well you know I can easily just message home and you know hold hour-long conversations with with friends and family like you can't do that you know back when we were going through that and experiencing deployments I agree I'm happy times have changed for the newer generation because yeah I wouldn't wish it on anyone you know what I mean when you're trying to get in contact with like a loved one and you can't 
Yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine. I obviously can't. I don't really recall too, too many times just because I was so young, but I, oh, just the thought of it just, it just makes me sad. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. Agree. Yeah, it's definitely going to be easier and it's definitely going to be interesting once, you know, this generation of military kids gets old enough to be able to, to form their memories and tell their stories of, mm-hmm. you know, what it's like, especially this uh, generation of kids who are growing up right now with no active conflict. We are not in an active war right now. And so what is it like now that we're not in an active war? You know, parents are still deploying. You know, mm-hmm. we still have deployments. We're still stationed overseas, but there's no active conflict. So it's a lot less stressful, but still stressful at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't, even, I don't even know what, what my brother's going to do. I'm like, what are you going to do over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is, what is happening that you have to leave? Right. But, I mean, classified, yeah. I guess. Like, he can't tell me. So. <laughs> <Classified>. <laughs> Love that classified information. <laughs> yeah. So the last thing I want to ask you both is what advice would you give to another military child? Ooh, that is a um, good question. <laughs> I think like off the bat, it's just like put yourself out there. Like it doesn't hurt. Yeah. And maybe just try and maintain like the friendships you make over the years because you probably will see them again. <laughs> yeah. Because it's and, happened to me, it's happened to her. Right. And traveling is so easy. Yes. You can just hop on a plane or, you know, take a road trip. Yeah, yeah. I think probably just that. Just maintain your friends and put yourself out there. Like People, people are nice sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I agree. I think that would, that would be like my same advice is really put yourself out there, try and maintain those friendships. And yeah, I think that's the only thing you can think about yeah, too. Like, I, know, I think it's really, it's really yeah. challenging. It's just like everyone has a different like upbringing in the military, but from my point of view. Yeah. 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 Cause I feel like that's probably like my one big challenge is like right. learning how to maintain friendships and things like that. So I think that's great advice. Like maybe really spend time with your parents in the military because you really don't know what can happen. And I think that's a good one too. Um, just cherish the moments you do have with them in between trainings yeah. and deployments because accidents happen, anything can happen. Just mm-hmm. don't take it for granted. Yeah. And same with the friends too. Like do that with your friends like if you know that you're going to be moving soon and try and get that contact information so you can maintain those friendships. And it's a lot easier to do now. Like we were talking about, like there's social media. We have pretty, a lot of kids have phones these days too. Yeah. Like kids are getting phones at pretty young ages. Like I'm in a third grade classroom and pretty much they have like their little smart watches where they can like call a couple contacts and things like that. So it's a lot easier to do nowadays. So keep trying and maintaining those friendships. Yeah, absolutely. And actually just kidding. That was not the last question Um, (laughs) because I forgot to, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, but you guys both have your own podcast too. So I want to make sure to get that out to listeners. So kind of give me just a little backstory on it and where listeners can find it at. Yeah. Do you want to start off, Jill's? Yeah. So me and Chloe kind of had this idea to start a podcast to kind of just give insight on military life and what we experienced as a military brat and things like that. And we're, we had this idea for, I want to say maybe like two years, maybe even a little bit longer. 
And this year we're finally just like, let's just do it. I think like, it was like a day. It's never it, was gonna like, be. it was like one day. It was like, she was like, I have a mic. When are you going to get your mic? I was like, fine, I'll buy it right now. Jeez. So I literally bought it that thing. And then we were yeah. like, let's record this weekend. Like, yeah, it was just like that. Cause I think we were really trying to wait for the right time. Like, oh, we're so busy right now. When is it ever going to be the right time? And we kind of just came to terms like, it's never going to be the right time. Yes. If we want to do it, we got to do it now. Um, and so we started it probably like at the beginning of September. So it's still fairly new, but Chloe, do you want to kind of touch base on like why and like our, yeah. Um, yeah. like she said, we just really wanted to create something to share like the unspoken aspects of military life from the dependence point of view, because if you look through Spotify and all that stuff, I'm sure it was the same with you, Grace. There's not that many podcasts from the child's perspective. Yeah. Um, and we want to target all the audiences. I just think we want to cover all bases, um, sharing resources, sharing our experiences, just relatable content and welcoming guests that are fellow brats, spouses, veterans, active duty service, and just sharing their perspectives because everyone has a different story and also mm-hmm. sharing like the harder times that we've had because deployments, oh my God, deployments, moving, everything like that. We just want to treat a really safe and welcoming platform. So you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube at Military Brats Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you both so much for being on the podcast and sharing your stories. Thank you for listening to Grace of a Military Child and Life Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like, follow, and comment. Also, be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook at Grace of a Military Child and Life for more awesome content. For information on the podcast, Military Child Bigs and Littles, GoAMCL blog, or other resources, visit www.goamcl.org. You can also email me at gracie, that's G-R-A-C-I-E at G-O-A-M-C-L dot org with any questions or comments. To be a guest on the podcast, you can schedule it at www.goamcl.org forward slash schedule a podcast, all one word, or contact me via social media or email. Stay tuned for the next episode where another incredible story is shared.